0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And oh boy, do we have a video for you today. On your screen, as has been the case very often in the recent past, is the Xbox Logo, a division of Microsoft who has been and is ongoing regulatory review of their proposed purchase of Activision, the makers of Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Candy Crush, for what is going on 10 or 11 months now. Now, if you're interested in this story at all, you can check out our Microsoft Times Activision playlist. This will be the 45th video in that playlist, so we can entertain you for a very long period of time if you want every detail of how this has gone since January. But today, the New York Times has dropped a few bombs using its investigative reporting skills that I think you're all going to want some info on. So without further ado, let's take a look at the New York Times and this graphic, which appears to be talking about technology companies adding bits and pieces to themselves. Maybe got some green here. That's usually Xbox. we got some black here at the top. Doesn't really matter. It's more evocative than actually informative. But what is the headline? Can big tech get bigger? Microsoft presses governments to say yes. Now, In and of itself, that headline is certainly evocative of Microsoft doing something maybe a little bit untoward, a little bit nefarious. I don't think that's really fair in this particular scenario, but will Microsoft press government successfully to allow big tech to get bigger? And again, we're talking about buying video game companies here, folks. We aren't talking about national defense, but that doesn't matter for the New York Times. And as I said, when they put their eye on something, they very often get some details that we didn't have until now some very big decade-long details subheading microsoft's 69 billion dollar deal for activision blizzard which is undergoing reviews in 16 countries has become a test for whether tech giants can buy companies amid a backlash now first and foremost I would say that any given deal proposed or consummated is not a test for any other deal. People have been asking me this a lot in DMs, in commentary on Twitter and elsewise about what precedent could be set if Sony is allowed to have its way with some of these regulators, or if Facebook is allowed to purchase within, or it's prevented from purchasing within, or anything else that you might otherwise see happening in these landscapes. And I have to tell folks, even though justice would suggest like situations be treated likely and you might have some success in a court of law on that, it really isn't a demand made of regulators that are going to be looking at everything under different facts and different circumstances. So regulators can usually distinguish between this case and that case and do what they want which is one of the reasons back in January when this playlist started, I said, look, this deal ordinarily in historical times for these regulators would go through pretty easily, I think. Microsoft doesn't have a commanding position in video games overall, certainly doesn't have a commanding position if we drop in mobile and other aspects of video gaming or interactive entertainment. And yet they do have a very strong position in subscription services. They have a potentially strong position in cloud gaming and they're Microsoft for Pete's sake. So a regulator that wants to make some hay could get involved, and it certainly looks like they will be doing that, at least on the FTC level, the CMA in the United Kingdom, and the European Commission at the EU level, all going to phase two and all signaling to the world, whether rightly or wrongly, depending on how you view certain Twitter threads, that they are going to at least propose certain things that Microsoft needs to do for them to get their deal approved. Keep that in mind, by the way, as part of the process that these regulators actually have to show that there's a problem with competition, that's their ambit, that's what gives them authority or power in these circumstances before they can go and get those consent decrees or undertakings or anything like that. That's going to be a part of the last bit of this article. Now, let's see what the New York Times has to say. Microsoft Times-Activision really hitting the big time now. I expect this article to be picked apart across the video gaming industry today and further into this week. In recent weeks, Microsoft has accused Sony, its chief video game rival, of misleading regulators. That's a heck of a lead line, isn't it? Sony honestly did mislead regulators a little bit as to how important Call of Duty is for their continued viability as a game publisher. Its lawyers have showed off game consoles, including an Xbox, to British officials. And the president of a major union that Microsoft wooed Has spoken up on the company's behalf to the Federal Trade Commission. The actions are part of a campaign by Microsoft to counter intensifying scrutiny of its $69 billion acquisition of video game publisher Activision Blizzard, the largest consumer technology deal since AOL bought Time Warner two decades ago and far bigger than Elon Musk's recent $44 billion buyout of Twitter, which didn't face such scrutiny because Elon Musk, as much as you might love him or hate him, is just a guy. He doesn't really have an interest in social media outside of his personage. Microsoft's aim is simple persuade skeptical governments around the globe to approve the blockbuster takeover. 16 governments must bless the purchase. That's probably going a little bit too far. I think Microsoft could do without some of them. Putting Microsoft under the most regulatory pressure it has faced since the antitrust battles of the 1990s. Okay. I get hyperbole. I get selling papers, folks. Uh, But this was a deal that Microsoft agreed to, knew it would face scrutiny. This isn't the same thing as being challenged by the Department of Justice on how you're selling your operating system, one of the keystones of your business, or really anything else that they're being investigated for or that Google or Facebook might be being investigated for. And in three key places, the United States, the European Union and Britain, regulators have begun deep reviews with the European Commission declaring this month that it was opening an in-depth investigation of the deal on the normal timelines put forth in their statutory code. Whether Microsoft succeeds in gaining regulatory approval to buy Activision, which makes games such as Candy Crush and Call of Duty, will send a message about big tech's ability to expand in the face of mounting fears that industry giants wield too much power. And again, this is putting a lot of pressure on a very specific set of circumstances. Purchasing a game publisher in Activision that, one, was under a whole lot of legal liability and scrutiny on its own from California, the EEOC, and others when their price was depressed and Microsoft moved in to sweep up the remnants of the Activision empire, and two... Talking about video games and talking about Xboxes is not really the same as when we're talking about social media or public squares or what Google does with its search function or Apple and Google with respect to its app stores. We are putting a lot on what is a fairly minor deal in the greater scope of technology. And while I don't think the New York Times is wrong here, I think if these regulators are thinking this, that would be a problem in and of itself. If Microsoft, whose public affairs operation has spent the past decade building the company's nice guy reputation, can't get a mega deal through, can anyone? Yes. Companies not named Microsoft are going to have an easier time in certain respects. If this deal had happened four years ago, this would hardly be of any interest, Brad Smith, Microsoft's president, said in an interview. He is 100% right. I keep saying historically these regulators would not do this. Historically is not that long ago. What you're looking at is a sea change in what these regulators are putting forth publicly. We're also looking at a potential sea change in how antitrust laws are to be reviewed. I've talked to you about this in this playlist, but suffice to say, antitrust has generally been focused on what we call the consumer welfare standard. Does it decrease prices or increase prices when this deal goes through? Does it increase quality? Does it reduce quality? How does the consumer at the end of the day feel about the product or service that they are being offered after this merger is allowed? And if there's a problem there, then we can step in. Now you've got the FTC signaling, we want to look at employees, we want to look at labor unions, we want to look at stakeholders, other people related to this thing that aren't necessarily consumers. And while they can think that, the other thing that I have mentioned here, and the New York Times probably skips over a little bit too much in this article, is that the FTC or the DOJ are not the final arbiters as to what the Sherman Act says, what the Clayton Act says, whether or not something actually substantially lessens competition in this context or others, And whether that includes things like employees being worse off or better off, or whether we're going to stick with the consumer welfare standard, there's been no indication that the judiciary in America, which are the final arbiters of this particular question, have changed their stance. So a lot of this is friction between the various branches of government in the United States, here the executive and the judicial, and with the legislative potentially changing the antitrust doctrines, or at least considering doing so in recent kind of discussions in the Senate and the House. So overall, we're in a period of time where nobody quite has a handle on exactly how far in America the FTC and the DOJ can go. In Europe, in the UK, I leave that to those lawyers, uh, but how far they can go is also going to control what these companies, primarily based in in America, the United States, can do with their money and their power. Brad Smith continues, if one cannot do something easy, then we'll all know you can't do something hard. Google, Meta, Amazon, and Apple have all faced increasing accusations that they are monopolies and regulators have tried to block some of their smaller deals. In July, the FTC sued Meta, Facebook's parent company, to stop it from buying within a virtual reality startup for about $400 million. And that's a video you can see on this channel. I don't know if it's actually in this playlist, although perhaps I should add it, where I say the FTC has lost its mind, that the actual argument from Facebook's prevention of purchasing within, that they could have done something themselves with their own company is not at all the way antitrust has historically been adjudicated. And I would expect them to get shut down in the judiciary, but we don't make promises. Lawyers don't make guarantees. So it is a very tumultuous time if you're looking to purchase a company. Last month, Britain forced Meta to sell Giphy, an image database it bought in 2020 for $315 million. We also covered that on this channel. And there are question marks as to whether that's a useful assertion of regulatory authority. But what is true, however you feel about those actions, is that they exist and that this is something that Microsoft is walking into. At the heart of regulators' concerns about the Activision deal is whether it violates antitrust laws by giving Microsoft outsized power in the video game industry. Now, this is pretty much flatly wrong And the regulators don't even try to say Microsoft is gaining outside power in the video game industry on the whole because that's ridiculous on its face. What they've instead focused on is particular powers in selling Windows OS or particular powers in advancing subscription services as a separate market or cloud gaming as a separate market because it's obvious on its face that this deal doesn't give Microsoft outsized power in the video game industry overall. They worry that Microsoft could pull Activision's games away from competitors like Sony or use them to get an unfair leg up as more gaming is streamed online. And this unfair, even though it's a small word, even though it's not really highlighted or emphasized in the sentence, is so, so important. Because as Sony fans or Microsoft fans or even Nintendo fans have pointed out, Sony's in the business of keeping games away from their competitors. That's how this industry competes for the most part, and you don't have to like it. I don't think exclusives do much good for anybody, but certainly Sony is one of the main purveyors of that particular strategy, and that makes this particular situation deeply ironic to a lot of folks that are following it from afar. So the New York Times maybe doesn't inform its readership as much as it should. It implies in this sentence that taking those games away would itself be illegal, and that is a giant hurdle that the Sony's of the world actually have to leap over in order to get this deal really closely looked at in the first instance, because it's not clear at all that spending your money to keep a game off a competitor's platform isn't the height of competition, isn't trying to get people to purchase Xbox instead of Sony's what you want this market to be doing. And yet that's what we're facing when we look at this deal. Mr. Smith said Microsoft was open to formally agreeing to place limits on its business practices to resolve antitrust concerns. We've seen this signaled for months. Microsoft has said, hey, we'd prefer not to have a consent decree, but we are open to it. In fact, when they first start talking publicly about Call of Duty and Sony, that is a signal. We have mentioned it in this playlist, on this channel and others, that that was Microsoft signaling we are open to actually being forced to sign a regulatory document to make sure this happens, if that will make you happy. New York Times adds a little bit of editorial saying, but the United States and other countries increasingly see such promises as insufficient unless a company spins off part of its business. Again, this is a little myopic. Yes, in many instances, regulators have looked at what they've done in the past and said that wasn't enough, should have been a spinoff. This is kind of dragging in Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp. That doesn't line up entirely with what we're talking about here, which is this kind of horizontal and vertical merger situation where a spinoff isn't obviously going to do much of anything unless you want a kind of depleted Activision that only makes Call of Duty and somehow sells the rest of its assets. And that's not going to fly for Microsoft, I don't think. Microsoft's deal for Activision will demonstrate whether tech giants can navigate the new environment, said William Kovacic. A former FTC chairman, it's a fundamental test, he said. All eyes are on this. I agree. I don't know whether it actually sells the future or not. The road ahead appears long. Of the 16 governments reviewing the deal, just Saudi Arabia and Brazil have approved it. Microsoft said it expected Serbia to approve the deal shortly. Now, I don't know if that's long or not. Everyone is still basically lined up for March and April of next year. The most crucial regulators appear skeptical of the tech giants, that would be the FTC. The FTC is led by Lena Kahn, a legal scholar and notable critic of Amazon. The European Commission has fined Google for violating antitrust rules and has opened an investigation into Microsoft's cloud service. In Britain, the competition and markets authority has become increasingly hostile to corporate deals. Now, that can't possibly be the position of the entire regulatory agency. You can't just be hostile towards the concept of deals and efficiencies related there too. So, of course, that must be hyperbolic actually don't think it is. The CMA has been quite crazy on this deal. In a statement, the Competition and Markets Authority said it would release its findings on the deal in the new year. This is their phase two we've talked so much about. The European Commission said its investigation is ongoing. Yep. The FTC declined to comment on the deal. And I have to say again, that I really do prefer, and maybe this is just the American in me, the way the United States regulators do their business. I don't like the CMA's Twitter threads or their responses. I certainly don't like the European Commission regulator going out there and saying, we're going to make sure Call of Duty is on my PlayStation. That doesn't help have a great deal of faith in this process that we need to have faith in. These are supposed to be unbiased regulators. When Microsoft closed its $26 billion purchase of the professional networking service LinkedIn in 2016, at the time its largest acquisition, the deal required just six government approvals. The Activision deal is substantially more resource-intensive, Mr. Smith said. It's also a lot larger and in something that they're focused on a lot more than kind of social media professional linking. Obtaining approval for the acquisition is critical for Microsoft. Gaming has become its most important consumer business, surpassing $15 billion in annual sales, largely under the Xbox brand. The compensation for Satya Nadella, Microsoft's chief executive, is partly tied to the growth of Game Pass. The company's Netflix-like subscription service for gaming. And Microsoft agreed to pay Activision as much as $3 billion if the deal fell apart on certain terms, including whether a regulatory body steps in and prevents it. Activision also needs the sale to go through. It was in distress a year ago with a falling share price as it dealt with revelations of sexual misconduct and worker unrest. And certainly we've covered that in this space as well. Now, is it critical for Microsoft? As others have pointed out, I think perhaps a little bit more robustly than I would, Microsoft having an extra $70 billion, or let's call it 67 or 66 after they pay Activision off, depending on when these regulators actually make their move, could still spend that money to go and get exclusives, right? Sony's business model has been tacitly approved by these regulators. Regulators don't get to look at things like contracts for those exclusivity deals unless there is a Sherman Act complaint, a restraint of trade, which is very unlikely to happen. So in this context, not buying the whole company might actually prove more lucrative for Microsoft, but they clearly want to have total control. And honestly, these regulators haven't yet put forth a great argument why they shouldn't have it, but we'll get to that towards the end of this article. Bobby Kotick, Activision's chief executive, said in an interview that he had a high degree of confidence that the regulators will be thoughtful about evaluating the industry. I sure hope so. He added, I have no reason to believe they won't ultimately be successful in the transaction. And I tend to agree. And that's one place where this article and others that comment on these particular topics get a bit confused, I think. And that is to say, even a regulator that goes in and says, we think there's a problem with competition here, then generally opens the door to what those consent resolutions will be, what an undertakings document might be, what things Microsoft can promise to say, how can we make this better? rather than spinning off these entities, which I really don't think would be a valid solution, either for the FTC, other regulators, or Microsoft. I don't think they would go for that. Microsoft's deal for Activision was unveiled on January 18th. In February, Mr. Smith and Mr. Nadella met with officials and people working at think tanks in Washington to position the purchase with the public. And here's where the New York Times is really doing its job here. So they go and they figure out what is this PR campaign going to look like? Right, I've got videos in this playlist that you can check out The talk about Microsoft prepping the PR waters. And they've been doing that now for 10 or 11 months, I think to great effect in a lot of people's minds. During a meeting with reporters, Mr. Nadella said the acquisition would benefit gamers by providing more choice so they can play any game on any platform. Courts regularly look at whether a merger will benefit consumers. That's, that's actually the rule in the United States that the, the courts have to look at whether it'll benefit consumers so far right now. Several senators asked the FTC to closely examine the acquisition's impact on workers. The Communications Workers of America, the CWA, which had been organizing at Activision, also publicly questioned the deal with those senators. Ms. Khan, the FTC chair, has taken a greater interest in scrutinizing how mergers could hurt workers, but they aren't the final consumers, and the courts are ultimately going to have a say on that, whether it's in the Within deal, the Activision deal, or something else that the FTC might choose to take action on. Mr. Smith asked lawmakers and government leaders for advice on addressing the labor concerns. In June, Microsoft hammered out an agreement with the CWA, promising not to oppose unionization efforts at Activision. You can also see a video in this playlist on that. The negotiations involved more lawyers than a lawyer convention, Chris Shelton, the union's president, said in an interview. Lawyers convention has a lot of lawyers. The concessions turned the union into supporters of the deal. Now, those aren't technically concessions. That is just an agreement between two like-minded parties. Last month, Mr. Shelton met with Ms. Khan and praised Microsoft's commitment to to remain neutral in union campaigns and said the deal should be approved. Now, what is Mr. Shelton at the CWA who is saying this deal should go forward because they're backing up our unionization efforts, say about what the FTC responded with? This is important. The FTC told me a lot of companies promise lots of things, then never keep their promises, he recalled. That's a skeptical FTC, folks. And remember, one of the things I've said about this whole deal is that Microsoft has better optics on how the FTC is reacting to them in real time than we do. This, this New York Times article, is really the first time I have seen this kind of flavor come out. If Mr. Shelton of the CWA comes out and says, hey, we knocked out this agreement, we're happy with the situation, this works for us, and the regulator says, well, you don't know what you're talking about, they go back on agreements all the time, that's starting to look like the FTC intends to take action. We'll get to that when we get to the end of this article. A spokesman for the FTC said agency officials had offered no opinions on the deal or the labor agreement in the meeting. We never said that. Who do you believe? I don't think there's any reason for Mr. Shelton to be lying about that interaction. Microsoft has been less successful in neutering opposition from Sony, which makes the PlayStation console. And I actually think while this is a little bit of editorial language in this particular paragraph, they are accurate right? It is clear that what Microsoft's strategy was, was to go and say, all right, CWA is a problem. Let's go take care of them. Sony is a problem. Let's go take care of them. That's when you see those Twitter exchanges and the emails referenced and the deals offered by Microsoft, which apparently was going to be something like a five-year deal, two years more than the current marketing agreement that Sony has with Call of Duty if leaks are to be believed. And we'll see that that's that's been upgraded. That's the thumbnail for this particular video as the New York Times has discovered. Sony has argued that Microsoft could pull Call of Duty from PlayStation to lure players to Xbox. And again, the New York Times leaves that question posed just at the edge of the sentence unanswered. Is that illegal? Is that bad? Is that wrong? If Microsoft spends this money and pulls Call of Duty from PlayStation, isn't that Microsoft and Xbox competing with PlayStation? We have to address these things. We can't just talk in these kind of vagaries, New York Times. Microsoft has denied that it would do that, again, positioning this as something that would be illegal in and of itself. The first call Satya and I made after the deal was announced was to the CEO of Sony to say, hey, we're going to keep Call of Duty on your platform, said Phil Spencer, Microsoft's gaming chief. Sony was not appeased. In filings in Brazil, the company argued that Call of Duty was such a powerful game franchise that Microsoft could use it to hurt rivals. Indeed, that's their intent. Right? Their intent is to buy things to compete, to hurt their competitive rivals. That doesn't mean they're hurting competition. It hired a consulting firm to set up meetings on Capitol Hill. Two people familiar with the matter said. So this is Sony. Sony's been going lobbying, folks. Things that you probably anticipated intuitively, thought were happening behind the scenes are now reported in the New York Times. Sony went to meetings on Capitol Hill to talk on the Department of Justice and Federal Trade Commission side here in the United States and its arguments were repeatedly cited in a decision by Britain's regulator in September to pursue a deeper investigation. Even the New York Times notes that the CMA was just aping Sony's language, which they got from the Brazilian filings, but that's fine. Microsoft accused Sony of misleading the regulator, saying it overstated the importance of Call of Duty to its viability, which is undoubtedly true. There are plenty of systems and business models that can exist without Call of Duty. It might not be as lucrative. You might lose your market share. But it is undoubtedly the case that you can participate in the video game industry without Call of Duty, as Nintendo has so aptly demonstrated, as pointed out by the Brazilian regulators. Mr. Spencer said that maintaining and growing the existing Call of Duty business is pretty central to the economics of the deal. He's saying, hey, of course we'd keep it on PlayStation. In a statement, Jim Ryan, the chief executive of Sony uh, Interactive Entertainment, said it was not true that his company had misled regulators. He said that Microsoft was a tech giant with a long history of dominating industries, and that it is highly likely that the choices gamers have today will disappear if this deal goes ahead. Sony is bringing out all the stops as if Microsoft were buying them out, honestly. And Sony is not going to be stopped here until a regulator stops them. Now here's the big ticket news item in a tiny paragraph here in the New York Times article. Microsoft said that on November 11th, just about 10 days ago, it offered Sony a 10-year deal to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony declined to comment on the offer. Now to give the state of play here, no pun intended, it should be noted that what we had heard is that Microsoft had offered five years. That the existing deal goes from 2022 and right now to 2024, I believe and that they had offered three more years on top of that. I think is about where we wound up. Now I had said regulators are probably gonna ask for more. That's what Sony is fighting for. And I had thought regulators might finish with something like a seven year requirement. You've heard a lot of talk online about requiring some kind of perpetuality. That cannot exist. Microsoft basically cannot agree to just providing their competitor Call of Duty ad infinitum forever and ever because Call of Duty costs money. Call of Duty might not even been something that they wanna make for themselves in the future and so any kind of agreement here has to be time limited in notion because you can't bind your company to a future that you can't see we don't have crystal balls neither microsoft or sony or the ftc so everything has to be within reason identifying things that we can correct now while allowing for the future to take whatever shape it may take now 10 years is to me about as long as regulators could have possibly reasonably asked for before Microsoft takes them to court. And in terms of this process, we talked about the FTC potentially readying its guns, and we'll talk about it more at the end of this uh, uh, article, and the end of this episode. But if the FTC does sue, Microsoft can fight that action. Or if the FTC demands consents that are too much for Microsoft, Microsoft can preemptively sue. Say they don't have the right to block this deal because the FTC only has power if the Microsoft Activision deal is actually illegal under the Clayton act as presented, right? There has to be a substantial lessening of competition and the FTC can say that there is, but they don't get to decide that. The courts get to decide that. And if Microsoft says they're being ridiculous, your honor, they might just win that case because this is a very novel application of the law to even fight this, where Microsoft is positioned in the overall video game industry. The fact that they offered 10 years tells me two things. One, They sincerely don't want to have this fight with Sony anymore. That Microsoft and Sony actually are not doing great things for the gaming industry as they fight at this level. And it doesn't do well to actually bring people into that industry or to operate within it with Sony buying Bungie and probably wanting to buy more, potentially Square Enix, whoever they might purchase. Xbox also wanting to potentially consolidate more, probably down at the size of Activision Blizzard. But it does no good to have the regulators focused on our industry like this, like a laser beam might say Microsoft. The other thing I will say is that this offer, which to me is basically the height of what the FTC could reasonably ask for, is essentially them saying they don't want to go to war with the FTC, that they think that the FTC might actually bring a claim, and they're trying to get out from under it at maximum power, just like they did with the CWA. We're not going to fight any unions. Sony, here is 10 years. You couldn't possibly, under any reasonable circumstance, ask for more than this And so let's not have this go to Washington or London or Brussels. Let's actually get this done together like participants in this industry and be done with it. Microsoft offered this 10 days ago. The New York Times says Sony declined to comment on the offer. Now that could mean they're considering it. Nobody has publicized it before now. Understand outside of Microsoft's statement, we don't know what other bells and whistles might go along with this. It Could be that there's some kind of poison pill or trap or landmine or whatever your favorite metaphor is in there. Sony has to give us their firstborn if they agree to this deal. And that's why Sony's not commenting. But just as presented by Microsoft here, Microsoft said 10-year deal is about as much as Sony could have hoped for. So the fact that Sony didn't jump on that means I believe Sony thinks they have at least a material chance, something that is existent and not just a whim on the wind to block this thing entirely. Uh, And they might just take a run at that because they do want that Call of Duty revenue locked in if they can get it. And it is practically perpetual if Microsoft doesn't buy Activision. Of course, Microsoft's going to have a lot of money at the end of that if it is blocked. And we'll see how that goes. Last month, Mr. Spencer and other Microsoft executives brought an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Nintendo Switch, and other devices to a meeting with regulators in London. A fun October for the Xbox team, where they showed off Call of Duty and other games to illustrate a dynamic market. People familiar with the visit said, so anonymous sources, take it with a grain of salt. There's no reason to lie about this. But Xbox team shows up with a bunch of devices and says, here is what the video game industry is. It is a robust, dynamic marketplace. Nintendo can survive. We can survive. PlayStation can survive. And PlayStation is the leader. If anybody can survive, it's them. Regulators are also worried what the deal might mean for the future when cloud computing lets people stream sophisticated games to various devices, including mobile phones. In fact, that's one of the main focuses of the UK and the EU, and we can anticipate the FTC, even though that industry, that market doesn't really exist as of yet. In September, the British regulator expressed concern that combining Activision's library of games with Microsoft's cloud computing prowess would give Microsoft an unparalleled advantage over game streaming competitors. Microsoft argued that it had no advantage because its streaming was not supported by its Azure cloud technology. In its annual report this year, Microsoft said its streaming product utilizes Azure, but the company said that while its gaming servers share data centers with Azure, the hardware was different. So here the New York Times kind of catches Microsoft a little bit. Azure, which is what the regulators are worried about as an unfair advantage for Microsoft in this particular space, is used in some fashion in the Game Pass operation. So it strikes me that that is at least justifiable for the regulators to look into in their phase two investigation, even though I don't see a world in which cloud gaming or subscription-based gaming are distinct markets from just doing what we do now with either brick and mortar retail stores or the digital marketplaces themselves. I still think they present poor arguments for marketplaces and that's ultimately the winner for Microsoft should it come down to litigation. And it just might. These last two paragraphs are actually what someone in my DMs, thank you so much, hat tip, anonymous always for DM uh, comments, actually linked to me because they had questions about this paragraph. In the United States, more than 10 staff members at the FTC are reviewing the deal, a person with knowledge of the agency said. They interviewed executives, including Mr. Nadella and Mr. Smith, in the late summer and fall. And, says the New York Times, in a sign that the FTC may be building a legal challenge to the deal... Two people said it had recently asked other companies about offering sworn statements to lay out their concerns, which is what you would want in an actual litigation context, is to have sworn statements that they stand behind under oath in order to make that case. Now, here is where I tell you, it is too early to say the FTC would sue over this because as I've mentioned now a couple of times, the FTC's only real power is if they find that this is otherwise illegal. Now the FTC doesn't get to decide on that, but that is the preemptory requirement before they can start asking demands, right? If it isn't illegal, the FTC is not supposed to just be able to ask for things from the parties that wanna get this deal done. So as a kind of prerequisite to all of that, the FTC has to find that it's illegal. And furthermore, if they wanna have a successful negotiation about what consents they are asking for, they need to be ready to hit the button to sue, right? A couple of things I highlighted here with the FTC's own description of this procedure. One, people keep asking about the timing, and the timing is in Kuwait. Once both parties have substantially complied with the second request, the agency has an additional 30 days to review the materials and take action. That is up to the FTC to determine whether or not they've substantially complied. These parties can get angry and say, yes, we have, and that can become its own fight. We've seen that leak out to the media in other contexts, like the Amazon MGM merger, but... The other aspect of this, as the FTC puts it themselves, is that the length of time for this phase of review can be extended by agreement between the parties and the government in an effort to resolve any remaining issues without litigation. So essentially FTC can go forth and they can say, look, here's the deal. We think this is potentially a problem. If you make us stick to this 30 days, okay, we will either sue you or we'll send you a letter that says, while you have expired the timer on us, remember the FTC and the United States regulators don't approve deals, they just allow them we still reserve the right to ask you to unwind it or to otherwise cause you trouble. So do it at your own risk. In fact, the FTC and the DOJ have sent out letters throughout the last couple of years, basically saying when the earliest 30-day window ends, do it at your own risk because we don't have enough people. We don't have enough resources. We haven't fully reviewed your deal. So go nuts, but know that we can unwind it if we want to. Deals don't get approved in the US. Again, one of the most important lessons in this playlist. But that's the timing component. So we don't know it'll end in November or December or January or whenever. Then comes what can the FTC do? The waiting period expires or the agency challenges the deal. The potential outcomes at this final stage are the FTC closes its investigation and lets the deal go forward unchallenged. There's no reason to believe that will happen. Especially there's no reason to believe when Brad Smith goes to the New York Times and says we're fine signing consent decrees. Because the real politic there, however you feel about what I'm saying about the Clayton Act or these various regulations across the world, is that once the company says we're okay signing some stuff, well, then these regulators are still political entities and they're going to want to go get their pound of flesh if they can get it. So with one of the parties saying, yes, we will sign something for you, that means for all the world that, well, the FTC and the EC and the CMA are very likely to go and ask for them to sign that thing that they've otherwise agreed to. So it's unlikely that they're going to close the investigation and let the deal go forward unchallenged. What is two? You enter into a negotiated consent agreement with the companies that includes provisions that will restore competition. That's kind of hidden in between the lines here. But you can't get to a consent decree unless the FTC already believes that there is an issue with competition based on this transaction. So the FTC has to find that. That doesn't mean they have to have everything ready for a litigation, but it's often helpful because the option, if they think there's a problem and Microsoft just won't agree that they have, is, is that hammer, that sword of Damocles, or they can seek to stop the entire transaction by filing for an injunction in federal court, pending an administrative trial on the merits, and ultimately a federal trial on the merits, if that should come to it. So there's a whole executive power here thing, and we're not gonna go over that in detail, but suffice it to say, they have to be ready to actually swing that hammer, to swing that sword, or else Microsoft might not take them as seriously. This is the equivalent of that phase one, phase two transition where folks have asked, hey, why didn't Microsoft offer concessions? I said, well, they'd be negotiating against themselves. The, The European and United Kingdom version of this, where you can offer concessions between the merger phases, doesn't make much sense to me at all because you don't even know what it is they might fight about. You don't even know what their evidence is or what it's based on. So it's a little bit like being in a dark room and fumbling around for the light while you offer them things, which is never going to make sense for any company, but certainly not a company as well represented as Microsoft. So the FTC has to go forward and start getting its pieces together to even have the consent decree conversation. Now, could the FTC just decide to skip it? There's nothing you can do to fix this. We're suing you. Yes, they could. But that is not what this means right now at the end of this article, but it does mean is exactly what we have said and predicted really since January, but certainly in the most recent months, which is that it very much looks like all these regulators are going to find a problem and ask for consents, whatever that might be. Concessions on Game Pass, concessions on Call of Duty, concessions on Azure or cloud streaming. We don't know. And part of what Microsoft is doing behind the scenes is going to be to try to synthesize whatever those requests are from whatever the jurisdictions are that ask it of them. Uh, and working with that is going to be part of the time commitment here but this does suggest that the ftc is not going to just let this deal go through without asking for those concessions at the minimum and that should be going forward what we think of as this deal status right now now i've had it at 65 35 now for a couple of weeks uh, and i don't think that this article actually changes that i think that microsoft actually offering 10 years is a sign of good faith is pretty good and i think regulators should take that into account if sony just abjectly refuses that Uh, But it will be interesting to see as a follow-up. But 10 years is the headline item for me here. I had no idea Microsoft would offer so much to Sony on this. And the fact that Sony didn't immediately accept suggests to me that Sony thinks that there's a war to be won here, even if I don't agree. This has been Virtual Egality for today. If you enjoy these conversations about the business and technology of the things that you love, like software, video games, and more please do support the channel or at least check out the ways to support the channel we can't do it without support from viewers and listeners like you check out our utreon and our patreon for that or our youtube membership which now has fun emojis and fun things to do on our live streams and hangouts and headlines or just subscribing telling your friends uh, that we're having these conversations sharing them in forums or tweets or wherever else you might find yourself like there's a hive platform now whatever it might be every single little bit helps if you got this on youtube